Welcome to That Vacation Co. Podcast. We are back. Happy New Year. It is 2022 uh, when this episode airs. And uh, we, we actually, well, it's also 2022 when we record it, but um, we took a break last week. Chanel and Olive were traveling. Uh, I actually was not just them. They abandoned me. No, I'm just kidding. They went to go see some family, and uh, I just wasn't able to uh, traverse the globe at this point. And uh, But it is good to have them back, and so we are back. That's w- the reason why we didn't have an episode last week. Uh, they were They were out and about, and so it was good to just have a break and all that good stuff. So uh, today we are actually finishing up our UK series. And uh, this this will be our last episode in this series. We hope that you've enjoyed it. We thoroughly have enjoyed reminiscing and talking about our our tour of the United Kingdom, and uh, definitely has us wanting to go back. So maybe maybe at some point here in the next few years, maybe the Bergs will make a UK trip part deux, and uh, we'll be able to, for you English speakers. That's part two. Uh, we'll be able to. Uh, you know, do that maybe one time. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. That would be exciting. Uh, get to check out some of the places we didn't get to see the first go round. Uh, but I'm going to turn the microphone over to Chanel, as always, with our UK uh, trip. She she really was the one that kept the travel journal. Uh, I, I've mentioned before that now when I travel, I, I'm doing that. I'm keeping a travel journal. Uh, but I didn't do that for this trip. I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, I wish I would have because there's a lot that she recorded that um, you know she refreshed my memory about. Uh, but she's going to uh, kind of lead us through this episode as she has through this whole series. And so here we go off into the wonderful city of Liverpool, um, a, a city that is very near and dear to my heart, home of the Liverpool Football Club. And uh, we'll get to that in a moment, but here's Chanel. All right. Uh, so in our last episode, we left off with our arrival in Liverpool. Um, so our last episode, we covered uh, Grasmere and Gretna Green and all the, those places that we visited uh, in northern England, um, in the Lake District, all of that. Um, so very, we, it was very much a countryside day. We had lots of sunshine. Um, and it was very beautiful. Um, so we ended with our arrival in Liverpool, which actually was part of that same day. Now that I'm thinking about it, action packed day, our hotel stay this time was another Thistle hotel, um, which was the hotel brand that we stayed at while in London. Since then, I've done a little bit of looking into it. The Thistle hotel brand is still in existence. It does seem more confined specifically to London and the Thistle hotels that we stayed in, in London and Liverpool are no longer Thistle hotels. They've been overtaken by other, um, hotel brands. And, and so the one here in Liverpool that we stayed at, it has since changed hands and is now the Mercure, I believe, I hope I'm saying that right, the Mercure Atlantic Tower Hotel. It's a four-star accommodation. I did a little bit of scrolling through the pictures online. It still looks like a very nice accommodation. When we stayed there, it was very nice. Um, very good accommodations in a great location. That was the great thing about the tour that we took. Um, the tour company that we went with was ca- it was called Insight Vacation. Still, it still exists. Um, it is a brand that we work with and recommend to people. Um, 
it does have smaller group options, which is a, which is a um, becoming a more popular way to go on group tours these days because people kind of do want the smaller experience, not just because of the pandemic, but because they're kind of shying away from the large, overcrowded tour bus. Um, uh, you know, the sort of the vision that people get when they think of guided tours. Guided tours really are in a lot of ways, redefining themselves. So there's lots of different options out there that we love to talk about, and we love to connect people with the tour that would best work for them. Um, They're not for everybody, so we can also do other things as well. Um, So there's that little plug, and we'll probably make a plug at the end as well. But um, we really loved our accommodations. They were very good accommodations in a great location, like we said. And I think what I got off on a tangent was, was that was something that our tour specialized in was putting you in um, a hotel that a hotel bed and breakfast whatever the whatever the accommodation style was right where you want to be in the action so you're not on the outskirts you you don't have to really commute into the the places that you want to be you're in the middle of it which is was one of the attributes that we really liked about this particular tour and this particular company that we traveled with that was something that they specialized in I wrote in my journal that the hotel room was small, but often that is to be expected overseas, especially in Europe. Um, other than that, the room was comfortable and had everything we needed, included some, including some very nice views. We had some views of um, a courtyard that was adjacent to the hotel, um, and I didn't get a chance to look into what that particular courtyard was. I don't think it was connected to the hotel. It was something else. But um, the paver stones that the courtyard was made at had a very cool design. And I remember looking at that and taking pictures, and it was really pretty. So nice views. Um, the hotel is situated within walking distance and view of the Royal, it is now called the Royal Albert Dock. At the time of our stay, it was simply known as the Albert Dock. But um, as of 2018, a royal charter was put in place and it has become the Royal Albert Dock. So interesting historical factoid about the docks there. Opened in 1846, was the first structure in Liverpool to be built out of cast iron, brick, and stone containing no wood. Um, which was important because this would make it the first non-combustible warehouse system in the world. That's pretty cool. Um, I can imagine that warehouses and places like that were probably often prone to fires. Um, And so for them to put a structure together that contained no wood would make it a lot more uh, sturdy. Today, it's not really used as a working dock, but it is a great place for a stroll in the waterfront. And just briefly looking at it, it looks like there's relatively new museum there, um, lots of eating, lots of dining. So a great place for strolling and looking out at the water. Um, Before I move on, I always like to pause because I start talking so much that I realize that I am not giving Caleb an opportunity to weigh in on any of this. So I will stop and let him say something. Yeah, so um, for me, driving into Liverpool, um, I think I quickly realized as we were driving in that this was going to be probably the most like working class city that we had traveled to. Um, and 
I I was a Liverpool football fan, so you know I I was really looking forward to this part of our trip, but I really didn't know what to expect of Liverpool itself. Um, you know, it's it's a unique city in in England, and the football culture and the culture of that city is very unique and special, and um, often uh, much the ridicule of other uh, Englanders. And uh, I'll defend them. I'll defend them to the death. No, I don't know. But uh, I, I love Liverpool. I love um, what we experienced of the city, though it was short. It was brief. Um, I, As a Liverpool football fan, I've grown to really love the team and love the city. Um, so I was super excited to to be there and experience it. And I, I, I it was a, a really cool place to stop. I wish we had more time. I really do because... There was a lot of things that we did get to see, um, but there were also a lot of things that would have really been important to me that we were not able to see. Um, So if we make it back to the UK at some point, I definitely want to spend some extended time in Liverpool. There were some really cool sights to see, and we're going to post pictures. I actually almost posted them this week thinking we already did an episode on Liverpool. I had the post queued up, and I was about to hit uh, send on it. And then I realized, oh, wait, we only talked about Gretna Green and Grasmere. So it wouldn't make any sense for me to post my Liverpool pictures yet. So uh, they're coming. They're coming. They'll be, they'll be posted this week. And, and we'll post some from our Gretna Green and Grasmere that we haven't posted yet. So, But, uh, yeah, I'll turn it back over to Chanel, enjoying the history and tidbits that she's giving. One other thing that I forgot to put in my show notes that I'm actually just looking up right now as we speak, um, I mentioned that our hotel was situated near the Royal Albert Docks. It was also situated very near the Royal Liver Building, which is sort of an iconic building in Liverpool. And um, we did get to sort of walk around this building, take pictures, see this building. Um, also the docks, we did that as well. But really interesting, um, It's a, like I said, it's a unique piece of the landscape. It's an iconic piece of the landscape there. Um, and at the top of the building, at the top of each tower, it's got two towers on either end. And I'll, re- I'll just read you the little tidbit from the actual website um, that's dedicated to the building. Um, So it says, atop each tower stand the mythical liver birds designed by Carl Bernard Bartels. Popular legend has it that while one giant bird looks out over the city to protect its people, the other bird looks out at sea at the new sailors coming into port. Another interesting story is that the liver birds face in different directions because one is male, looking inland to see if the pubs are open, whilst the other is female, looking out to sea to see if there are any handsome sailors coming up the river. It is often said that if one of the birds were to fly away, the city of Liverpool would cease to exist. So what a fun um, little tidbit about that historical building. We were actually there for its centennial. I'm not sure if we knew that at the time or not. It probably was mentioned to us. But um, it just it was mentioned on the tour. So just another cool historical landmark that, again, our hotel was within walking distance of, which was one of the reasons that we really loved um, the tour company that we went with. Um, So that being said, um, at this point, after we got to Liverpool, got our things in our hotel, got situated a little bit, it was at this point that options were given to us. Two different tour options were given. 
Um, our group could either go on a driving tour through a little bit of the Welsh countryside. Doesn't that sound lovely? It did sound lovely. It really did. Or a Beatles tour. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no secret that Caleb and I think that the Beatles are a bit overrated. And we are junkies more for the countryside, especially we wanted to see Wales. One of our dearest friends is Welsh, and we just wanted to see a little bit of Wales. I mean, how can you fault us for that? However, um, this was an either-or situation. It was like, you know, the whole group is going to do this or or not, or you could just opt out and probably just stay at the hotel or, or do your own thing. But we decided to go on this tour, and we were outvoted. The popular opinion won out, and we found ourselves on a Beatles tour. But it wasn't a total loss because, uh, despite our feelings about the Beatles, take them or leave them, um, we re- what it really amounted to was a really nice tour of the city of Liverpool itself. So it was a win still in my book, even though we would have loved to have driven through the Welsh countryside. We got to see lots of places and areas that were specific to Beatles history, but also things that were just uniquely Liverpool. Um, So we got to ride by Strawberry Field, Penny Lane, and also um, the Cavern, which was an early site that the Beatles played at nearly 300 times, which is is a little mind-boggling to me. That is a lot of times, but um, I guess that's maybe why they got so good at what they do or became so popular. I don't don't know. I don't really get the Beatles hoopla, but I know that they're uh, an important part of musical history, and so I can appreciate that. Um, So it was a really great way to see the city of Liverpool. Um, I remember them specifically talking about the cavern. This is just one tidbit I remember. Um, the tour guide, the, the lady giving the tour said that it was, um, it was sort of a warehouse where they kept f- vegetables. Um, so if you went to see the Beatles there back in the, I guess it would have been the, the sixties or maybe the late fifties, even when they were getting their start, I'm not sure. Um, they said that, you know, it was, it was common for girls and to sneak out of their homes and, and go see the Beatles there. And you came home with a very distinct smell. You smelled of rotting vegetables and cigarette smoke and perfume. Uh, The perfume to hide the cigarette smoke and the rotting vegetable smell, but they said it made for a very interesting smell, and that's always stuck with me. And that's, that's, to me, the reason that it's great to have somebody who knows the area, knows the information, because they can give you cool factoids like that that stick in your brain forever. So I'll forever know that if I would have been an early Beatles fan way back in their early days in their start, um, and if I would have snuck out at night, I probably would have come home smelling of rotten vegetables, cigarette smoke, and perfume. That's just interesting to me. I don't know why. Um, so as stated before, we really enjoyed Liverpool. It was a great city. Like Caleb said, kind of equal parts working class city, but full of history and its own kind of grit and beauty. Um, just a unique city. One of my favorite pictures that we took while we were in the UK is actually Um, a picture that we took of Liverpool. And when we got home, we compiled some of our favorite pictures into a little, a book that Caleb made. Um, And I think the cover picture is, is my favorite picture. And it was this picture I got, I, I don't know if I took it or Caleb took it. Caleb says he took it. It happened to be this classic old car, like an old car, probably from the thirties, maybe forties. Um, and, 
it was parked on the roadside. We were, we took the picture from he took the picture from the bus, and um, this guy in a suit happens to be running across the street at the same time, kind of darting out in front of this parked car. And we have a color version and a black and white version of it. And if you look at the black and white version of it, it really looks like the photo could have been taken back in the 40s or 50s or whenever that vintage car um, was from. Because the gentleman is running across in a suit and you've got this old car and I think there's like some old sign, like some signage in the back. Um, like for Coca, maybe not Coca-Cola, but something like that. And it's this really classic, cool looking photo. Uh, and it's my favorite one. It was taken in Liverpool and it looks great in color and it looks great in black and white. But anyway, that's just my little tidbit. If I can find the photo, um, in a digital format, I will try to post it because it was one of my favorites. So, um, after our tour, we explored the docks a bit, walked around a little bit, but not a lot. Um, because by this point, we were pretty tired. Remember, earlier in the day, we were at the Lake Dr- District. We were in um, Grasmere and, and all those places. So it was a very busy day. We were pretty exhausted. So we turned in for dinner and an easy night. I think we had dinner at our hotel that night and had a nice dinner with some of our other um, people in the tour and got to know some of the people in our, on our tour. That was another fun thing, getting to know like-minded people. There was a couple there. Um, from the U.S. The husband was originally from Ireland, and um, they were there on a tour. We met another couple from Australia, so that was fun. Um, but we turned in early that evening because we were tired. So, Yes, boss, yeah? What? All right, lid. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, those are some scouse phrase, okay. phrases. We're going to go make a scouse stew just to celebrate this episode. Yeah. Yeah, mate. I'm just kidding. Uh, so, yeah, the one thing that was really disappointing about this day, um, like Chanel said, we had a wonderful time. But, the, you know, what was disappointing is um, I did not get to see some of the things that I really wanted, which was I wanted to go to Anfield, Liverpool Stadium. I wanted to at least drive by, take a picture. And what I regret to this day is because, as Chanel said, we walked a bit, we explored a bit, and we turned in early. I I remember just kind of battling, and I think even Chanel was on on the side of, well, let's just do it. But for whatever reason, I managed to talk myself out of it, was, hey, let's get a cab and maybe ask them to drive us over to Anfield. And uh, I, I to this day, I don't really know why I did that. You know, you're, you're across the pond, and you're in the city that you want to be in, and you don't take advantage of it, and then that opportunity is gone. So uh, one day I will get to Anfield and and maybe even catch a Liverpool game. I don't know. That would be amazing. Uh, but it, it was wonderful. The dinner, as she's describing, was was boss. And uh, that that's Liverpudley and our scouse for uh, it was really good. It was fun. Uh, not only was there that couple where the... the husband was from Ireland and the wife was from the U- United States. Uh, there was also, a, I think, at least two couples from Australia. And uh, they were telling us about their lives and where they worked. And um, I remember one gentleman from Australia, he he managed a grocery store. Um, <clears throat> but he kind of lived in the outback area. And so <laughs> we were asking him, like, you know, what that's like. And he's, you know, talking about how when he drives to work he doesn't like drive on roads it's it's all off-roading so you need a a jeep and all that stuff and 
and it was just really cool to hear what his life was is like and uh that was that was a lot of fun it was a good meal but more than a good meal it was hanging out with some wonderful people and um that's part of the joy of traveling is meeting unique people from around the world and you know pushing yourself a little bit beyond your boundaries to to get to know people to chat with them and uh i really really enjoyed that so but yeah so um Schnell will pick it up as we depart Liverpool in the morning and uh, get to see some more things. Okay. Um, so from there, so we had a really um, almost, well, not quite a full day in Liverpool, I guess, but um, it felt full enough. We did a lot of things there, uh, or at least saw a lot of things there. Um, so our next stop, um, are what from there, we... Um, continuing to journey further southward you know we're we're making our return to london so the vibe is a little bit sad because we know that the trip is starting to wind down a little but there there are still some stops along the way some still some great things that we get to see um so i wrote in my journal of that particular day that i got the window seat so caleb and i must have had a rotation worked out or something but i felt a little cheated because it was raining enough to where the views were a little difficult (laughs) Um, but not one to complain because even though it was raining, it was the English countryside and that was to be expected, but I think it was raining enough to where it kind of dampened the views a little bit, made it more difficult to see. Um, so our first stop that day was Chester, which is an old, an old Roman fort, um, an old Roman city called Castrum. And there was an old Roman fort there. I didn't do a deep dive into into looking into this. As stated before, whenever we're preparing for this series, we've had to do some refreshing because it's been a little while since we've actually traveled there. So I had to kind of refresh some of the historical information and all of that because the old brain just doesn't, you know, hold everything in there. Um, so this was a Roman um, fortress, if you will, a Roman city. And... Um, Historians believe, from what I read, that um, they actually perhaps intended this to be their capital more so than London at the time, um, just because of the the historical evidence that they found and and the the archaeological evidence that they found really seems that this was almost more of a hub and uh, a place that they set up to maybe be their capital more than even more than London. which is not, of course, what ultimately panned out throughout history, but that's just interesting to me. Um, So we began our tour um, near the Chester Cathedral, which had some really beautiful gardens that we took pictures in. And from there, it was a walking tour to see the old Roman wall and some fairly recently, at at the time, uh, uncovered ruins of the Roman amphitheater that was situated there which, um, according to my very minute research, was the largest known military amphitheater in Britain. Um, the figures that they posted that I read online said it could have held anywhere from eight to 10,000, which I think is really impressive for the times. Very cool. Um, probably even more significant to me now than it was at the time. Um, I've always been a student of history, but of course you learn as you go and you learn more over time. And so now the, just the, the, the Roman history in Britain is more significant to me now, probably because I'm studying this history of the English language. Well, say I'm studying it. I'm listening to a podcast. So take, take the term study 
being for what you will. Um, but it's just interesting to me because I've just listened to a lot of that portion of history on the podcast and how much um, Latin, of course, has influenced so many languages, but its influence on the English language has been significant to me. Um, and of course, the the Roman occupation there is incredibly significant in British history and world history. Um, so from there, it was on to a great coffee shop. Don't have the name of the coffee shop, but I believe it was near the cathedral because I don't remember having to walk incredibly far after that. Um, before that, um, let's see. Before that, I think we did do, we had some time for shopping after our little walking tour of the city. We had some time for shopping and there were some shops. We ducked into a Liverpool football club shop and Caleb got to get some gear, which was great for him because um, I guess we hadn't come across a shop like that up until this point. Um, so that was, I was really happy for him that he was able to get some things there. Um, and from then it was on to this coffee shop that we don't know the name of. Uh, my journal said that it smelled like curry. And I think I do have a vague memory of that. And we thought it just smelled delicious, but we couldn't find any on the menu. And I suppose we didn't ask and we were a little disappointed. So it must have been maybe that an employee was in the back on their break or something and it heated up their curry because it smelled really good. But I remember this coffee shop being really nice, um, quiet, pleasant, getting some really good coffee there and enjoying just the views, enjoying looking out of the window. I remember there's some pretty like window boxes with flowers and just really enjoying that. Um, so our next stop was Stratford-upon-Avon. Um, yes, the famous home of one William Shakespeare. I was excited for this stop, not so much because I'm all that into Shakespeare. I mean, he's cool enough, I guess. Um, but mostly, it just sounded like such a quintessential countryside village, right? Stratford-upon-Avon. Avon. Here in New York, we live near a town called Avon, and they will correct you if you say Avon. Um, so I'm not sure what the correct British pronunciation of Stratford upon Avon is. I'm inclined now to say Avon just because I'm conditioned to say Avon instead of Avon. Um, so either way, I, I will probably interchangeably mix that up. Um, but I expected this to be a quintessential English countryside village. And I'm sure that it probably was at one point and maybe still has some elements of that. I thought it would be a bit more like Cambridge or York and still feel really historic. But it actually was, of course, a bit of a tourist trap. Shakespeare's childhood home was there and was... Um, you know, looked the part, looked period enough, a thatched cottage, you know, with exposed beams, um, really pretty, beautiful garden around with these beautiful, I remember beautiful hollyhocks. I love hollyhocks. They just, I mean, it just looked like an English garden, but it was smack in the middle of like a modern day outdoor shopping arcade, like a modern day town. Um, so just felt everything felt disjointed and out of place to me a bit. So if if you took your pictures the right way, if you took, you know, tighter pictures where you're honing in on the cottage itself and the gardens, you think, man, they were in this great historic village. But if you, you know, get the right, if you get the other angle or if you pan out, you can see that it's in the middle of a, a modern town. So I thought that was a little sad, but that's the way of things. Um, 
we did do a tour of the home and, and all of that, um, which was which was nice. I love anytime I get to tour any kind of old home. I don't care if it's 50 years old, 100 years old, several hundred years old. I'm a happy person because I just love home tours. I love, I've already stated, I love different phases of architecture throughout history. I lo- I, I'm a junkie for that. I love it all. So seeing the inside of this old um, home that would have been built you know, in the 1400s, I'm guessing, um, was really great. I remember one room in particular had some fabulous, um, I don't know if it was wallpaper or paintings. I'm sure it was restored, um, but I loved it and I was taking lots of pictures of it. Um, so that was cool to see inside of Shakespeare's old childhood home. Um, like I said, regardless of the fact that we, you know, weren't huge Shakespeare fans. Um, so that was cool. Um, from there, we did have um, we did have lunch there. We found a great place for lunch. Um, the name wasn't especially exciting. It actually sounds like a like a uh, a roadside, you know, quick, you know. It the name of the place was called Quickly, so it just sounds like a road stop. But it was actually a very nice place. I think it was sort of in an indoor shopping arcade kind of a thing, which are which are to me are more common over there in Britain, um, you have sort of a, a long arcade with a, with a glass roof and, um, lots of shops inside. And so we found this place and, um, I got quiche and I got tea and it was all really perfect and, um, exactly what I wanted for that sort of rainy cold day and really enjoyed myself and i even wrote down that i that it was my favorite lunch it was my favorite lunch experience i think uh, my favorite dinner experience was back when we were in um darlington when i had the fish pie and we ate with our iranian friends but my favorite lunch experience was this one and i do remember it i just loved the tea service the quiche was delicious much better than the one that i would actually have the next day in the crypt in london which we've already talked about um that quiche was subpar but it was cool because we were eating in some old catacomb crypt things but this quiche tasted much better i guess i'm a big fan of quiche if i had it two days in a row i i do love a good quiche um so very enjoyable lunch enjoyable little short time in stratford upon avon avon and um it would be interesting to see if there are some more quaint places, but somewhat of a letdown because of the way it was situated. So I'll let Caleb weigh in. I agree with your take on it. Um, you know, William Shakespeare uh, definitely understand his importance and significance in history. Um, kind of torture for high school students, I think, is kind of where he's been relegated in modern times. Um, but, you know, at least that's how my view has been i i struggled with english lit uh in high school because we were reading william shakespeare and it just was not enjoyable for me but um if you disagree and you enjoyed it more power to you uh give me lord of the rings i'll be much happier um but it was cool to see his childhood home and uh to see that it's still standing um it was really fun to see that and quickly's was really good i i want to say I had fish and chips because that's the easy thing because I think I had it almost everywhere we went. Um, but it was good, and I remember the tea, and I do have a couple pictures from there. On a sad note, Quickly's permanently closed, I think, around the beginning of COVID. 
um, so Quickly's is no longer open. I'm not sure what is in place of it uh, currently, uh, but it 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 did not survive. So um, it, it's unfortunately closed, but it you know left good memories for us. Uh, but yeah, it was disappointing just overall in Stratford upon Avon because the commercialization of that that village is just insane. Like I would say more so than any place we stopped. Um, it was glaringly obvious there that this was just like tourist town. You know, it, it, it's one thing when you stop off at like, um, I don't know, like when we stopped at Grasmere and there were little shops that were in operation, they still had the appearance of, you know, just your standard shops in a normal town that people are living life. Um, even though there were lots of tourists that would come through this area, these shops also served locals. But I feel like in Stratford upon Avon, and and you know maybe I'm wrong in my interpretation of this, it just felt like a tourist spot, like like that's what it was. Uh, so I don't know, it's just weird. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed our uh, our lunch spot there. And Chanel's going to take us through the Cotswolds. Right. So, um those were our two main stopping points for the for the day. Um Chester and Stratford upon Avon. Um and from there we continued our way back to London by way of the Cotswolds. We really didn't do any stopping in there. If we did, it would probably have been a brief bathroom break or something like that. Um the weather again was was not ideal. Um so it was harder to see. Um, but we did drive through some of the little towns there, got to see some of the um, sort of, I guess, typical honey-colored, um, cot- you know, cottages and things that the Cotswolds is known for. Um, but I guess at some point I fell asleep um, because I was just so beat. And I was a little frustrated with myself on that, but I guess it couldn't be helped because I think I was try. I think I remember trying to stay awake, but at some point just succumbing to the sleep and realizing that I probably missed some, maybe some nice views and some, and some nice scenery, but, uh, what can you do? Um, so after that, after that drive through the Cotswolds from, from, uh, Stratford upon Avon back to London, um, that really ended, well, it didn't end our tour, um, because we did have another day in London, which we covered in a previous episode, our London part two episode, but it does end our UK series. Um, so you have just been through a whirlwind, uh, around the country tour of England and just a teensy bit of Scotland. Um, that was the that was the long and short of it. And if you missed our London Part Two episode or our London Part One episode, you can go back and listen to those and see what our trip both began and ended with. We began with London and we ended with London. So at the end of this particular day, after driving through the Cotswolds, we made our way back to our Thistle Marble Arch Hotel, which is where we started. Very comfortable, very nice, beautiful hotel. And uh, this, I remember this time we got a a larger room. We got a much larger room, uh, which was really nice. Uh, Don't know how we got that, but we did. And uh, it was a great accommodation and set us up for a great day in London the next day. You'll have to go back and listen to it if you didn't. Um, 
So that concludes our UK series. If you would like to know more about guided tours or finding one that works for you, hit us up. Whether you're a solo traveler, whether you're going with family and friends, we'd love to help you figure out the best way for you to see Europe or any other destination that you might be dreaming about. So thank you so much for tuning in to this series. Caleb, did you have anything else? He's good to go. So we are That Vacation Company, serving you the most delightful destinations. 